Today we are talking about cross training and what a fitting time because it's a winter season, we just got a big blizzard and a lot of people are stuck inside for training. And you know that lack of sunlight, icy roads, it's just really common for people to take it to the treadmill and you know this is an off season time also so some people are also incorporating more of these cross training activities. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about the different types of training options and how they can help your run training specifically. So we're going to be covering things like swimming, biking, fitness classes. We're going to do a deep dive into the benefits of cross training and also talk about maybe what are the best options for you as a runner to really optimize the same systems that we really need to be a good runner. So I have today with me Jason Philippi, who is the head cross country and distance track coach at the University of Wisconsin River Falls. He is also a run coach at Run for PRs and he is an athlete himself. So I brought him on today because he has worked with a lot of different athletes, um, many of which have supplemented their run training with cross training and experienced a lot of success with that. Um, He has also done a number of triathlons and so he has experience doing cross training kind of at a more competitive level adding in that swim and bike also so he's definitely well versed in the cross training and tri training area so i thought we would kick it off by jason can you just define for me what is cross training because i know sometimes people are a little confused as to what it really means to cross train yeah, well, you could refer to cross training as kind of two different areas. One would be strength training and anything related to strength. So you got your weight machines, you have your total body classes and that sort of thing. Um, and then also the aerobic side. So looking at all the cardio equipment that are at the gym. Um, and then some of those classes do have a mixture of both, you know, strength and cardio. So um, for my athletes, I'm primarily prescribing the cardio portion. So more biking, swimming, um, maybe even some of the other machines that are at the gym now there's there's different unique machines that are like the rowing machines that they can do as well so yeah i love how you broke that down into the cross training um aerobically you know working that cardio system versus strength training and so for the purpose of this podcast and kind of what a lot of the run coaches and people in the running community will utilize the term cross training they mean aerobic cross training and so those are your typical like quote-unquote cardio exercises where your heart rate's getting elevated for the duration um, and you're using that aerobic system so running is you know a cardiovascular exercise it's using that aerobic system so any other activities that are just like running, we're considering those aerobic cross-training activities. So swimming, biking, uh, elliptical, like you said, you know, Stairmaster. And I know you mentioned some of these fitness classes, and that's kind of where like the gray area starts to appear because some of these really high-intensity fitness classes, you might actually be getting your heart rate elevated into that aerobic zone. Um, You know, if you're doing a kickboxing class or if you're boxing someone, you might have your heart rate being in that aerobic zone for the entire duration of the class, but it's also considered um, in some regards a strength training exercise. So you're almost getting like double the benefits there. So we just want to be for this specific terms, like what sort of cross training do you think is most beneficial for runners specifically? And what has been like the best prescription that you've had in terms of cross training and seeing it translate to results on the road? Well, for me, it's, it's definitely got to be biking. Um, I try to, for people who are coming off an injury or who are looking, maybe they're more injury prone, so we're looking to uh, give them more aerobic minutes. Um, 
without the impact of running, we're going to prescribe maybe an extra two to five hours a week of biking. So it really just depends on their background and the access that they have to a bike or indoor trainer. Um, it, obviously if you have access to a fitness center, you do have other cardio equipments that you can rotate through. But, um, I think biking is going to give you the most direct benefit, just making your, your legs stronger. And if you've ever done like a brick workout where you get off the bike, um, and you try to run a couple miles on the treadmill, you'll, you might notice, you know, the first time or two, it might be hard, but after you're used to it, your legs just feel really strong. Um, and it's almost hard to slow down your pace as well. Cause you just naturally want to go faster. Um, and Victoria's a perfect example of last spring or last winter when she just trained primarily on the bike and ran maybe 10, 15 miles a week. And then she PR'd that spring in an 8k. So, um, I've seen athletes experience a lot of success who focus on them slowly biking in the off season. Right. And I know you mentioned that athletes can utilize these cross training like the bike when they're coming back from an injury or like building back into their season. Uh, But what do you think about just someone who wants to add in cross training into their weekly schedule? How would that work? And is it the most beneficial thing a runner can do? Or how do you know, like, whether you should change an easy run day to a cross training day? Are they interchangeable? Um, Is there just some gray area there naturally? Or how do you recommend someone who's listening who wants to incorporate cross training? How do you recommend they go about doing that without like overdoing it or without, you know, diminishing their returns somehow? How would someone add it in? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say it's going to boil down to your goals as a runner and what you have kind of on the horizon as far as races. Um, I would recommend having a run coach and a run plan so that you can structure it into your plan. Um, You know, there may be days where you can run and bike in the same day, but typically the biking is going to occur on um, days where maybe, you know, following up a workout or, um, you know, maybe the day before a workout, that sort of thing. So I would definitely, you know, not have them be the day after a rest day or something like that, you know. Right. I love how you said the day after a workout, because for me doing those easy runs after a workout, it's just like, you're so sore and sometimes pounding on the pavement it's just like really hard on your body. And you know, your body's telling you, you know, you kind of need something a little bit less aggressive, less impact. And sometimes just going on the bike is a better option. Um, I've also received quite a few messages on social media and just through email saying, you know, my heart rate is super elevated on my easy runs. Um, of the day after a workout, why is my heart rate higher on my easy runs than during my workouts? And, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, you do a really hard workout and the next day your body is really, really fatigued and sore. And so going out and doing an easy run, depending on your level, might be too aggressive, right? So we want to make sure that we're doing the right thing for your body. So if you're someone who feels like the day after a workout or even like running on back-to-back days is too hard for your body... This is where, you know, hopping on that bike the day after your run or the day after your workout is going to allow you to kind of flush out all the things that happened the day before and you're still getting that aerobic benefit, but your heart rate isn't going to skyrocket to, you know, like 180, 170 um, because it's not like so aggressive. And building that in and allowing your heart rate to kind of be in that, you know, main aerobic zone, over time, your body's going to adapt and understand like, 
I can do this. And you can eventually probably um, over time create more running mileage, turn some of those cross training days into running days. Um, So that's usually where I see people benefit is using it on a day where it would be some recovery miles or some easy miles, uh, something that's not going to be a lot of volume. But, you know, if you're injured, coming back from an injury, those sort of things, um, you could even do workouts on a bike, which is interesting. So if, let's say someone's injured, coming back from an injury, or they're just sick of running, you know, like what if someone's listening and they're just like, I'm done, you know, like I'm not going on that treadmill and I'm not going outside. I, I need to mix it up. How are some ways that someone can get a workout on the bike or like what are your ideas of like going to a spin class or going to like soul cycle? Like are those good workouts for runners? Yeah, I mean definitely if you have access to those in your location, you can attend those cities. Um, you know, when I put together training plans for athletes, like Victoria said, maybe they're um coming off an injury or we just really want to dial back the running. And so maybe they're only running like three days a week, for example, and maybe one of those days is a workout you know, there's, there's room there to give them another bike workout. So, um, you know, a traditional week block, if they do three days of run, maybe three days of bike and a rest day, you know, one of those bike days could be a workout. And so you can sprinkle in, um, different types of workouts on the bike, just like you would running. So there's the strength-based workouts, which are going to be more, um, threshold type work. So you might be going at a little slower pace, you know, maybe 20 miles an hour, for example, for 10 minute blocks, um, as opposed to doing like more fart like type sprint workouts on the bike where you might be going up to like 24, 25 miles per hour for two to three minute intervals. So, um, and then I just go off of those paces because the average bike pace for me is about 17, 17, 18. So if I'm in the twenties, I'm probably doing a workout. Right. Yeah. So you can always do a time trial on the bike, kind of see where your biking fitness is. Um, But what I think is really interesting about, you know, the cross training world out there is there's been a huge rise in like Orange Theory, Pure Bar, Soul Cycle, Core Power. There's all these little like niche, um, like workout places where you can go and take these classes. And even, you know, at the big gyms like Lifetime Fitness, or I know there's other big box gyms that they have, you know, the cycling classes and everything. They're really getting popular, these group fitness classes. Um, and just like out of speculation, why do you think that there has been such an increase in this in recent years? Well, I think it boils down to accountability for one. Uh, you're not going to work as hard typically if you're doing a workout on your own. Um, but when you have that environment, you know, you have other people who are going through the same workout as you and you have the music and you have the instructor and just that energy that 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 those classes bring I think that that really helps with motivation um, and you feel good you feel accomplished when you leave and so I think it's natural for people to want to just just try it out and see how they like it and then a lot of times they end up going back yeah you're definitely making me want to take one of these classes right now it just sounds super exciting to be like in a room with a bunch of people who are all you know working together and pushing themselves Um, And I think that's great. And they're definitely fun because I'm not going to lie, you know, running can be boring. And that statement right there, yikes. Some people are like, ooh, I can't believe she said that. But let's be honest here, you know, doing the same thing day in and day out. It's all about consistency with running. But, you know, sometimes it can be boring and sometimes just for like the own mental sake of it and just for, you know, the emotional, like doing something different, sometimes athletes need it for, you know, their mental sanity, um, with training. And these give you options to get, 
not the same benefit of running, but you stay fit, you know, you, you get a variety and you're still getting some benefits. Uh, but I think the big thing we want to talk about here, it, it is hard to talk about because we, we think these classes are awesome. You know, like if you're excited and this is something that gets you going and it, it really motivates you, I think that people should incorporate it. You know, if it's something that you love doing or if you feel like you need a break from the traditional run training, I think adding in cross training is excellent. But, you know, like the big caveat there is, do you think, Jason, that these athletes, you know, some of them, me, for example, or you, for example, would have more benefit doing, you know, a running specific training, especially if they have very running specific goals? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I've had athletes who, you know, they tell me when they sign up with me that they're going to be attending, you know, Orange Theory fitness classes, for example, two days a week. And, you know, knowing that it's like, well, I'm not going to prescribe the same workouts that I would because you're getting those sprint intervals on the treadmill. So it's, it's, I think it's important to analyze what are your, what are your goals, you know, in the short term and the long term. But like Victoria said, uh, that's a, off season's a great opportunity to incorporate those, those types of cross training. I would move more towards a run specific training during a training cycle. So if I'm going to do a marathon, I'm probably going to be doing 16 weeks leading up to that marathon, mainly run specific training. I might throw on one day of cross training a week, but I'm not going to be doing like a workout. I'm not going to be doing more than that. Um, and it really depends on the type of runner I am and my history, my experience, you know, did I experience success in the past, maybe incorporating a day of biking, that sort of thing. Um, so I think for most people, they should stick to the running, uh, run specific. Right. Yeah. I think this is a topic that not a lot of people are talking about. I think there's some gray area here. You know, there's so many options and workout options out there. So I think the biggest thing, you know, if you're listening to this is sit down and just really write down like what your goals are, you know, like top five, like goals for your fitness, running, whatever, and list like what is important to you and try to figure out like what is of value to do to you. Because if you're someone who really just wants to hit certain times with your running and you're very focused on your running and running is like everything's coming back to like running and hitting your potential and running and um, those sort of things. I think we're going to sway you a little bit away from doing too many of these, you know, cross training classes and all that stuff and maybe only using cross training as a supplement. But if you're on the opposite end of the spectrum, you're writing down that list and things that are on your list are like, I want to enjoy my fitness. I want to try new things. I want to keep it fresh. Like people just have different motivations and goals. And so it's important to look at what you're valuing and what gets you excited um, and then train according to those things. So, you know, we can speak to athletes who really want to be cute and they're very time specific. We would say, let's, let's skip, you know, the soul cycle, the, pure or the orange theory, all those things, because we want to use your energy. Humans only have so much energy. And if you're wasting, not wasting, but I mean, if your goals are to, you know, qualify for Boston, reach your potential, you know, OTQ, whatever, if you just really want to get faster and you're very focused on that, you only have so much energy, right? Like you only have so much time. Um, and the human body, like just, they can't do it all. So you really need to dial in and focus on, you're running if that's really what you're going after here. Um, so we're not going to do a ton of like workouts on the bike, a ton of, you know, 
workouts where you're getting on a treadmill, sprinting, and then doing weights, because that's not specific to your goals. Um, whereas if, if you're a runner and you just are kind of looking to be consistent and you want to improve, but it's not super time specific, but really you just want to enjoy the process and enjoy, you know, your workouts and just have a more of a balanced variety. I think for sure adding in the, the cross training and doing cross training workouts is awesome, but you just have to see where you lie on the spectrum, um, there and then we can make the plan around that and we have made so many marathon training plans where people are going to orange theory three days a week so we can work around pretty much anything and if you're listening and you're like oh my gosh like I love orange theory three four days a week you can still do that and still you know train for a marathon or train for a half marathon Um, you just have to understand that you only have so much energy and so like if you're going to the orange theory four days a week and train for a marathon the potential for you if you kind of cut out a few of those days is like even greater. So just know that like if you're doing all this extra cross training and training for a running specific event, like know that you're doing a lot and that's that's awesome. Um, but just know that like if ever you're like, oh, you know, I kind of want to focus more on running, like you're going to see like a pop, like a bang, you know, because you're you're going to focus all that energy that you have kind of in different areas on one thing. Um, and so we've seen that happen with uh, some of our Ironman friends, they go, they do an Ironman and then they come back, um, to focus on running specific. And we're like, holy crap, you were only running, you know, three days a week before. And now look at you, you're PRing and everything, but it's because they were doing all of these other things. And then once they could channel all that energy on the one thing, it was just like a bang, you know? So it's just important to kind of understand the background there and to talk about that. Cause I think sometimes there's that gray area, And I just wanted to be open and honest with you guys. It's not like cross trains. It's not like a secret key to success. Um, It's not going to be a magic pill. And sometimes it's not necessarily for every runner. But it can be an awesome thing to do. Um, So I know we kind of talked about applying this to our own training. And we talked a little bit about how the bike is the most specific. Uh, What do you think about, you know, more beginner runners, runners? is walking a form of cross training walking on a hill incline yeah i definitely think um depending on how many you know you're running history you can use the treadmill to incorporate like a brisk walk and you can change the elevation and that sort of thing you can do run walks as well so um i think it's just about the progressive overload principle and um making sure you're not you know overdoing it on the run side but you can supplement and add in additional walking or elliptical Yeah, that's really great to know. So I guess like for me personally, Jason, over this summer, I didn't utilize cross training at all. Um, And I guess, I guess there's a lot of athletes that I coach who don't ever cross train. So is that okay? Is that bad? Like, what do you think about runners who just don't cross train at all? Well, I mean, I think it's really going to be based on your preferences and your own experiences. So some people can just be quite successful with just running. Um, I think me personally, I, I like to change things every few months, just add in something like a new stimulus just to kind of produce a different outcome or uh, spark my you know excitement or my motivation. Um, so I might throw in some biking or some swimming on, swimming on occasion. Um, but some people are just content with running, and I think that you can sustain you know, pretty high fitness levels year on year out just with running. I think that 
Um, if you do want to shift your focus on maybe a different goal, like a shorter distance, like maybe you want to PR in a 5K, uh, I think it, there can be some benefit to adding in something a little bit different, like some biking, um, uh, or even some of those high intensity classes that are types of, you know, that mix in the cross training, um, the aerobic and the strength just to give you more, more power, more explosion. But I think, um, yeah, I think it's really about your individual preferences. Yeah. I love how you talked about how it just varies from person to person. Cause you kind of touched on that earlier, how like everyone's different. Um, so just looking at your background and your goals, figuring out what works best for you. So, um, I know that you mentioned that you work with some athletes who do orange theory a lot. How would doing orange theory four or five times a week, um, make it harder to train for your goal races? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've never taken an Orange Theory class, so it's really hard to speak like I know exactly what's going to happen during the class. But from my understanding, there's like specific days where it may be a leg day focus, and then there's like a strength or upper body focus. So I've been told that on, you know, obviously on the leg day, they're going to be doing more running. But um, it, it makes it hard because you can't, you can't, you know, the day before, the day after, you don't want to give them a running workout just because you're not sure about soreness and that sort of thing. So you got to make sure you structure their plan where they're getting a work a day in between uh, a, a class and a workout at least a day, um, if not two. So, and then the challenge is the long run too. You know, if you're also if you're taking two or three classes a week plus a long run, uh, you got to have ample time for recovery in between. And you know, you can't you can't do a workout a day after a long run. You, it needs to be at least two days, um, if not three, depending on the distance and the mileage. But it just makes it hard. But again, we can work around it. I've I've had people do a longer warm up and run a few miles before their class so that they're warmed up. Um, they get the runs in that way, but again, that's easy mileage. So it is hard to, um, I suppose you could, you could have them do maybe more of a steady state run before a class. That's one way to sneak it in, but it's all about, um, how used to taking the class you are and how, how fast you recover from it and how intense it is. Yeah, there's so many different ways that we could frame it up. I love how you said, you know, doing the longer warm-up and cool-down before and after class. Um, one option is not using the treadmill at the workout. One class would just be, you know, doing the weights hard. And then uh, when you're doing the run portion, just kind of like not pushing yourself, which I know that's kind of not how the classes are framed up. But there's like lots of ways around it. So I think, you know, just given your personality, how you like to approach these classes, um, maybe just chatting with someone or one of us, we're happy to like throw out some advice to you if you are curious how to make it work. Because we, we work with people who, you know, Orange Theory four or five times a week or they do CrossFit like five days a week. Um, you can make things work. And I think it's all about like finding that middle ground um, for what is going to really both satisfy like how you like to train, but also like be in line with your goals. And sometimes there's some sacrifices that have to go on there, um, but just finding like the balance. So do you think that it matters if you're training for a marathon versus a half marathon or do the same principles kind of still apply? Um, I think it, it sort of depends on your experience as a runner, but, and I, I think the longer the distance you want to have more specialized training in running. So half marathon, marathon, you're going to need longer runs. You're going to need more longer threshold tempo work. So, um, I, I think if you're training for shorter stuff, like 5k, 10k, you're keeping everything maybe under 10 miles. You're probably okay with doing more cross training, um, and you know, let's say you are going to do a marathon training cycle. For example, I've, I've had athletes come to me who are, 
you know, they run three days a week. They take Orange Theory three days or cycle one day and maybe a yoga class. Um, I've been able to, you know, work with them to accommodate. You're still still able to take a class every now and then, but it, it should be limited. So during the training cycle, they, they bumped it down to maybe just one day of Orange Theory, one day of cycle, and then one day of yoga. So, you know, and we're not going to bump them up from three days of running to six anyways. So there's still some room for those classes. It's just we're going to cut back a little bit so that we can have more runs um, and more workouts. And then in the off season, they can go back to have, taking more classes if they'd like. Right. And then I think a lot of it boils down to like time because, yeah. you know, we don't all have a ton of time. I know for me personally, I train quite a bit and it's about usually between like seven and eight hours a week dedicated to training. But if you're going to, you know, a couple of those classes, there goes half of my time that I can commit to training. Um, so for me, like, it's just all about finding that healthy compromise based on what my goals are. Um, but I think like you said, definitely okay to work around them and incorporate them, um, for these athletes. Cause it, it can really help. And I think going to yoga classes, that's all like supplemental. And I think that aids in like your recovery and balance. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really touch on how to incorporate, you know, the yoga and the flexibility, balance and strength piece. And I think that that's something that should always be on an athlete's plan. So cross training aerobically is like a sometimes maybe, uh, just depending on the athlete, but the strength training and like the balance and flexibility, that's an always thing. So we want to make sure that athletes are always making time for that. Um, and so when we talk about strength training specifically, how is that going to look for an athlete versus, you know, these cross training activities that we kind of talked about already? Yeah. I mean, they're going to be more targeted to certain muscles that we're going to use as runners. Um, so more isolated movements like, um, lunges, for example, for your glutes and hamstrings and squats or deadlift for your back and core. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And, and really just looking at what, what are the most, um, muscles that runners use that maybe are prone to injury and we want to we want to help strengthen so looking at calf quad hamstring glute hip that's basically the the most and then you know if we can do something for the core and the torso that'd be good as well great yeah i think that runners should have targeted strength training and usually we recommend you know two times a week for 20 minutes and that's something that you can commit to in your own home or at the gym, you know, at home is nice because then you don't have to, you know, factor in the time to drive to the gym. Uh, The gym can be nice though, because, you know, all the weights and just getting out of the house. So I think if athletes can add that in twice a week, the strength training for just 20, 30 minutes, and then, you know, a couple days a week, if they have time to foam roll and stretch, that's definitely going to help Um, but if not, I think taking a yoga class is definitely beneficial. And I think depending on the yoga class and depending on your fitness level, a yoga class can both be a strength training and a flexibility. Um, what's your experience with yoga? Yeah. I mean, I love it when I'm doing it. I feel, I feel so much better. I just feel like a balanced, strong athlete. And I haven't done a lot of it lately, but part of that is we moved away from the fitness centers that used to offer those classes. But um, I really liked, enjoyed the heated yoga classes, um, you know, the vinyasa flows, those sorts of things. And 
I even took my team to one and they, they, you know, they're a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds and they, they enjoyed it. They loved it. And they could, they were talking about how, oh, if we did this every week, you know, twice a week during the whole season, how much stronger they'd be. So you definitely notice um, how it can impact you in a positive way and make you feel stronger. Yes, definitely. Um, and what I find really interesting when we went to that yoga class with these, these young college students, um, they had never been to a yoga class, but yet they were like so much more flexible and like the balance and stability that they had. Um, it was really eye opening to me because I'm not that much older than, you know, a college student, you know, maybe 10 years older, but just seeing how, um, like when you're young, it comes so naturally, you know, like the stability and balance. And as you get older, I'm not even old, but as you continue to age, you're going to lose that. And so you have to make sure that you're working, um, to preserve your flexibility and balance and to, you know, improve it as you age, because these are all things that are going to help, um, you know, with the, muscle to mind connection, the muscle body connection or the mind body connection, um, you know, and they help with your running and they help keep you healthy for a long time. So do not neglect it. Um, I know it's really easy, especially when you are kind of still in the younger years of your training, you can get away with it. But what you don't want to happen is you don't want to end up being like in your, you know, forties or fifties and like, just totally have to start from ground zero. Um, it's something that, you can just incorporate a couple of, you know, a couple times a month and that will help you greatly. Even just doing a short video at home, a short, you know, flexibility sequence or balance sequence um, for five, 10 minutes, a couple times a month even will uh, do a lot for you. And I think that's something that every runner should do, um, making sure that they're staying fit in all areas, not just aerobically. So, you know, we talked about the cross training that you can do the bike, the swim and all that stuff. And sometimes we get asked like, how should I incorporate that? I'm really bad about not incorporating cross training. And for me, it's like, well, you don't necessarily have to cross train, right? So you don't have to bike, you don't have to swim, you don't have to do any of those things. If you're already running, you're working your cardiovascular system. Um, And if there's one thing you're not doing, Um, and you're not doing, you know, strength training, if you're not doing anything else besides running, I think the number one thing you need to add in is strength training and, you know, the flexibility aspect of like the yoga. So work on adding those in first, if you're not doing anything except for running. And then maybe you can think about like, how can I add in cross training? Cause it's more important, um, as a runner, you know, as someone who's already getting their dose of that cardiovascular exercise that you're adding in the strength you're adding the flexibility because that's going to help you with injury prevention and the longevity in the sport. And that's actually going to be your number one priority because if you get injured, you're not going to be as consistent with your training. You're going to lose fitness. And it's just like a trickle down effect. And even just for your health, you know, there can be a runner who is a great runner, super, you know, fast, whatever, but they could have no strength and you just really have to work on those things in order to, you know, stay healthy for a long time to come um, and just to stay strong. You know, this is your one body. So just really, you know, working on it and making sure you're a well-rounded and balanced athlete and not just hyper-focused on one thing. Um, so what days do you think are best to add in the strength training workouts, Jason? Well, we, we typically, uh, with my college team, we do that on workout days. So if we're going to do like intervals or tempo work, we'll do our strength training right after. 
um, just because we're doing you know, the most damage to our muscles on those days. And then by doing that strength, you're forcing different muscle fibers to be recruited um, to even grow stronger. And so I've done a lot of research and we talked to our, we have an athletic performance staff on campus too, and they recommend doing it on your hard days so that on our easy days, we can really allow the body time to recover. Because for example, if we're doing track workouts on Tuesday, Thursday, we shouldn't be lifting Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, that's just too much. So we typically do two days a week of strength on those same days as we work out, and then we rest in between. Right. So there you have it. This is what the college um, athletes are doing, and there's an athletic performance coach who is really, you know, driving these principles home. So, you know, if you can't do it immediately after your running workout, I think, you know, within the 12 hours before or after would be a really good time to squeeze um, those strength training workouts in. Um, you know, I would really advise against doing it, uh, you know, if you're 36 plus hours out from a workout, we want to make sure that you're allowing your body uh, time to recover because the human body can only handle so much and it, it can handle a lot, but we're saying we can only handle so much. Um, it won't improve. So it's a progressive overload principle, meaning, you know, you, you have the stress and then you have rest, stress and rest. That's how you get better. But if it's like stress from a running workout and then the next day stress from a lifting workout and then it's stress from another running workout, you're not getting rest in between um, or adequate rest. And so your body will just start to be like, well, what's happening? And it'll go into like a survival mode sort of thing. So instead of improving, you're just going to kind of stagnate there. Um, and eventually you'll start actually seeing a decline in your fitness. And that's what we don't want to happen. So it's really important to polarize your training by keeping those easy days easy, allowing the recovery, and then the hard days harder. So that's when you're going to be doing your hard running workouts. That's when you're going to be doing your strength training. So I guess that brings a good point is we sometimes get people asking us, when is the best day to do cross training? So I guess that just depends on the intensity. So for most people, what is the best time to do a cross training exercise? We talking aerobic here, so I would say yeah, the day after a workout would be great, or possibly the day before. Um, I always like to do it the day after a long run, or um, yeah, possibly the day before, so that my legs are fresh going into that that high intensity you know effort that I'm about to expend. Yeah, that's a really good point. So cross training, most of the time when we're talking about it, it's that aerobic cross training, and most of the time, you know, your heart rate's just going to be in that aerobic zone, and it's going to be an easy effort. So that's going to be on those easy days. Um, so we want to make sure we're keeping our easy days easy, hard days hard. We're cross training at an easy effort on an easy day and we're lifting on those harder effort running days. Um, so what do you think the maximum cross training aerobically someone should do in a week is? Oh boy, that's a good question. That's again, that's going to vary so much on how much you're running, um, you know, how much you're used to doing these act activities as well. So, you know, if you're going from scratch and you're just starting out, maybe just start with adding two hours or less a week. I wouldn't do much more than that until your body has time to adapt to that. Um, but for some people, they may get up to four to six hours. It really just depends on what their goals are and what they're training for in their history. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. So I just recently started adding in cross training again. And the first week I did it, um, I think I had a total of like 80 minutes. Um, and now I'm up to more like three hours. But 
you know, when we're talking about the people who are cross training for four or six hours, uh, these people fall into a special category. I would say they're either training for a triathlon, usually is like the first category, because then you're biking for like forever. <laughs> you know, like if you're doing an Ironman, you're, you're doing like 10 hours, seven hours of biking a week. Um, but the other category of people, you know, if you're probably cross training four plus hours a week, you're probably like in the injury or injury prone or coming back from an injury category. So I don't think people, most runners need to be cross training more than I think three hours a week is probably the maximum you're going to see. I think on average for my athletes, they do one or two cross training sessions a week, 30 to 45 minutes at a time. Um, you know, some people who are really into the triathlon background, we're going to have a little bit more like two to three hours in there. But uh, for my runners, it's typically just a very short, uh, you know, maybe 90 minutes a week of this cross training. But I think the maximum one should do in a week, uh, if you're not training for a triathlon, I don't see why you would need more than you know, three hours of cross training in a week. And I say that because it's like, it's hard to put a number on it. But um, I think at that point, you're going to want to be transitioning some of those cross training miles into running miles. Um, Unless you're just like really sick of running and you just don't want to do it, then, you know, that that works. But definitely, you're probably going to be wanting to be running more if possible than cross training for sure. Um, so I guess another question that, you know, is related to how much time per week should you spend cross training is what is the minimum and the maximum you should be doing for strength training? So I know some people like to do the alternating muscle groups, you know, not so much runners, but sometimes you get this where a runner will come and they'll say, you know, I lift five to six days a week and, that's all. I'm always amazed first of all, but, um, how is, is that, you know, does that work for run training? Like, let's say you have more of like a lifting background. Um, what do you think the maximum minimum is? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, it, it's going to boil down to what time do you have available? And so if you're going from no lifting, you know, even if you can start with one day a week, that's a good starting point. I would say two is what we would recommend. Um, and, three, I'd say two to three is pretty average. If you're doing more than that, I'm wondering, like, let's say you're doing four to five. I'm wondering, what are you doing in each session? Are you varying the muscle groups? Like, are you doing maybe upper body focus one day, lower body the next day? Because you definitely want to have at least a day in between. Um, you know, and when our, when our athletes do the lifting, usually two days a week, it's in a, if it could be three, I would do it on a, on a weekend, but it's, it's Tuesday, Thursday, and it's basically total body. So it's a, it's a variation of lifting. Um, but you know, and, and actually Victoria brought up, she made me think of a good point. Um, my PT recently told me that you can do like eccentric certain lifts, um, for certain body parts, like things like your calf, you could do that almost daily. Um, because that's, a, that's a muscle that we use frequently. And so that's something you could not worry about as much, you know, if it's being done too often. Um, but other, other muscle groups, I think it's important that you're doing less frequently. Yeah, I always find it very interesting. And one thing that I would say, you know, if you're a runner and you're focused on a running goal at the given time, um, and let's say you just, there's only so many hours in a day. So if you have unlimited hours and you're listening to this, then maybe tune out. But if you're someone who has a limited of hours in a day that you can dedicate to your run training, I would 
you know, I would tempt someone who is lifting five to six days a week for, you know, 45 to 60 minutes who wants to become a marathoner or wants to train for a long distance event. I would say, you know what, like you are already in really good shape with your lifting. Um, and so what you could do is just to save time, shrink your lifting a little bit into like three sessions a week. Um, try to ax out things that are the first to go, right? So let's just say there's certain muscle groups that you're working that you feel like you could more bang for your buck. Move all of your lifting moves to things that are more bang for your buck. Um, Make sure you're still doing like the major muscle groups that are really going to matter. Make sure you're still lifting heavy and following the same principles that you were before, but just trim it down. So you're just really going to trim, 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 trim it down, save time, ax out to three a week, And then you're going to have more room for your running, um, which is going to allow your body to adapt. And what I think you will find happen is that you're able to maintain your strength and your lifting because three days a week, that is a lot. Um, And that's enough to maintain your strength. And then once you're done with your running focus or you're, you're done with your running season, going back to the five to six days a week. And actually what I think most athletes would find is that once they go back to that five days a week again, um, after they're done running, is that they will improve. Because I think sometimes people get very stagnant doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And if you're afraid to kind of take a little bit of time away or shifting things, that's where we kind of see a little bit of stagnation. And I think sometimes people get afraid that they're going to lose strength or lose their gains if they kind of take a little bit of a step back. But I think it's good from just an athletic perspective to mix things up. And I think that's where people really see breakthroughs. So don't be afraid if you're listening to this and you're someone who's, you know, an avid lifter five, six days a week to shift that. If you feel like, Um, you want to or you want to experiment with it uh, I know the reverse is also possible right so I'm an avid runner and I know that if I were to trim down my running to just three days a week or two days a week whatever I could I can confidently tell you that I could maintain my fitness level Mm -hmm. um, if I added in you know more strength training or whatever and I only ran three days a week Um, so that's just kind of how things work. You can really maintain your fitness very easily by doing something less days per week. But since we're trying to, you know, figure out what you really want to improve at, that's where we have to really focus is on making those changes and trying to figure out what it is going to take to help your body reach that next level. Because sometimes you're doing things that are like those busy work and it's just like a habit that you came up with. Oh, I have to lift five, six days a week. But maybe that's preventing your body from being able to have the type of gains you want with your running. Because like we said, there's only so much energy that you have. There's only so many hours in a day. So really just looking at your weekly view, how many hours do I have? What am I going to dedicate to what? And how is it going to work? So I always recommend two times a week of strength training, 20 to 30 minutes. If you can commit to that, that's a really big game changer. Um, And I think that's a great starting point. So the last point I wanted to touch on, given this is a cross-training podcast, kind of, you know, talking up cross-training like it's it's this great thing. And I think cross-training is definitely an excellent um, thing. You know, I've, I've relied on it many times, you know, through my running career. Maybe I was in, you know, a little bit of a burnout funk last winter and I used the bike, you know, six hours a week and I was only running two or three days a week. 
and I was still able to maintain my fitness and even like PR in the spring. And I, I'm really glad that I took the time away from running to, you know, focus on other things. And because sometimes you're just running yourself in the ground, you know, with mentally, it's not even physically, I wasn't physically burnt out. I just mentally didn't want to be running as much anymore. And I think that's an okay thing to admit. And um, that's kind of where I was at. And taking that five month break where I was running minimal mileage, it worked for me mentally at the time. Um, physically, I probably would have seen the same gains, if not better gains, if I was doing running probably. specific training, because I do know that my endurance was severely impacted by it. Um, my speed definitely maintained. But when we're talking about the longer distance endurance events, I um, struggled there a little bit coming back. Uh, but that's normal and that's almost expected. And so I think the point that that drives home is that, you know, these cross train activities are great and there's a time and place for them, but do they replace the benefits of running? No. And so I think Jason maybe can speak a little bit to this also um, about how, you know, what is the optimal thing for someone to do if they want, if they have running goals? Yeah. I mean, we, you just said it so perfectly. And I was thinking about myself, like if I'm training for a 5k, I can get away with not running a ton and still like Victoria said, maintain fitness, if not slightly increase, if I'm working my butt off on the bike. Um, and maybe just adding in like a running workout a week. Like I don't have to be running a lot of mileage, but if I want to get away with trying to PR in a marathon or even a half, I'm going to, I'm going to need to really increase the the mileage and cut the cross training. Cause I just don't have the energy or the time to, you know, pour hours into the bike. I can maybe get away with one day a week, but it's going to primarily be running related workouts and, um, yeah. And, and I need a rest day at least. So, you know, being an injury prone runner, that's one day right there off the plate. So if I'm going to bike one day and rest one day, at least five days for running. So I think, um, it, evaluate your goals. Like we talked about throughout this podcast, really think about what's um, what's most important to you in the next three, six, nine months. And then um, it's okay to change and transition as you go, um, as you get into a training cycle. Um, right now seems to be a perfect time to be adding in a lot of cross training. Um, and then maybe in a month or two, those of you that are going to be um, doing Boston or other spring marathons, that's when you want to shift your focus to primarily the running specific goals um, and increasing your mileage. Right. It's definitely a teeter-totter, and I guess you'd never really know. So, you know, in the, one of the last podcasts, I talked about a friend um, who is, you know, she was a 315 marathoner. She stepped away from running to do, you know, a couple of Ironmans. She was primarily biking. She would run, you know, maybe twice a week, whatever. Um, running was not her focus at all. She was doing a ton of cross-training, though. So then she decided to come back into running, Um you know, for two months, then she ran like a marathon PR of 306. So you hear stories like that and you think, oh, because she cross-trained, she got faster. And really what it all boils down to is we don't even know like what she could have been capable of running in the marathon if for all of those times she was cross-trained, she was trained specifically for a marathon. You know what I mean? So it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, yeah, cross-training is great. It can really help during those off-seasons. But what we don't know is like how much faster some of these people, or even myself, like would have been if you would have trained specifically for, you know, the running events. But then at the same time, it's like if 
maybe, you know, if this other, the 306 marathon or myself, if we pushed through and did this run training and we weren't excited about it and the mentality wasn't there, would we have been able to even improve at all? Because, you know, running is so mental. And if your heart's not in it, your spirit's not in it, um, you can't really improve. <laughs> like, you, you know, you got to be passionate about what you're doing. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I only have to run. Um, but if you're not excited about it, that's a prominent of itself. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. So, you know, if you're really lit up about running right now, you should just really focus on that. But if you're 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 a runner who wants to improve in the future, but you just you just need a break mentally, cross trains where it's at for you. So I guess we're just end with uh, nothing can really replace the benefits of running. Um, you have to train specifically for the event that you're doing. Um, specificity really matters. But cross training can be a great option for runners who uh, kind of need to switch things up or supplement, um, or runners who are you know, injury prone and beginner runners. Um, so if you have any questions about how this fits in with your training, or you want to chat a little bit about specifically how to fit it in, or if it is a good fit for you, feel free to email us at any time, um, at info at run for the number four PRS.co. Um, if you ever want to have a free consultation or try a seven day free trial, you can go to our website and fill out the form at www.run4 prs.co and we can chat right away and get you set up on that seven day free trial. Thanks for listening.